Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. At Evolution NHS, we are committed to helping people and NHS organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships and build trust that makes doing business easier. We collaborate with NHS organisations to help build high-performing digital teams, and we achieve this by creating and sharing insights into the ever-evolving NHS landscape and introducing digital best practice. I'm Brad Dickunder clark from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I'm your host for today. The views expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their respective organisations. Today I'm joined by four wonderful ladies as we discuss the topic female leaders in digital and we all happen to be from the East Midlands NHS region as well which is particularly special. Um, so let's work our way around for introductions. Nikki, would you like to introduce yourself and could you also tell me a little bit about your career journey so far? Hi, I'm Nikki Turner and I'm the Interim Digital Director um, at Nottingham University Hospitals. Um, we are a large acute hospital trust. I have worked there for 26 years of my working life um, and I started as the first ever service desk or help desk as it was known then operative um, and I've literally worked my way mainly through what I would term the softer side. So training, access, applications management, uh, project management, dabbled in data quality and information. And I've also uh, managed the development teams uh, in the past um, and then worked my way um, through the management hierarchy to today where I'm currently the, the interim director. So that's me. Excellent. Thank you, Nikki. And Alexis? Hi, yeah. Um, I'm Alexis Farrow, and uh, I'm the Digital Programme Director for Nottingham and Nottinghamshire Integrated Care System. So I'd say I've had a, a varied career. Um, I left school at 16 with GCSEs and wasn't interested in higher education, and I think that's really important because I think people often think that you have to have a degree to get to certain levels within certain industries, and, and I think... Uh, there's a lot to be said for learning on the job. So I went into apprenticeships, uh, administrative roles, <laughs> worked my way up through there. Um, I dabbled in information governance for a little while um, and finally ended up doing transformation roles, which actually fits fits my skills there and personality, I think, much more um, appropriately. Uh, so I think the transformation bit of my job is really uh, enabled me to to grow and develop it, to be in the position where I am now, uh, doing the program director role for the integrated care system. Excellent, thank you, Alexis and Natasha. Hi everyone, um, I'm Natasha Char. I am acting digital director of Northampton General Hospital, part of University Hospitals of Northamptonshire. That was a little bit of a mouthful, wasn't it? Um, in terms of my career to date, my background is actually in um, transformation and change management. I started my career after leaving university in a logistics organisation, um, moved to more commercial work and then ended up in management consultancy. So worked across a lot of different um, organisations and sectors before landing in the NHS. So for my digital background, I've been doing that over the past few years. But as I said, I'm rooted more in general transformation and change management. Thank you, Natasha. And last but not least, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie Taylor. I'm the director of Nottinghamshire Health Informatics Service, um, or NHIS for short. 
Uh, we basically provide IT services to the other acute hospitals in Nottinghamshire and community services and GP practices plus a few other organisations. Um, I went through the um, university route, so I did a, a degree in uh, electrical and electronic engineering, went straight into IT, um, worked in IT probably more on the, on the softer side. I worked in software testing, I worked for National Grid, went then into product management. Um, I then worked for Logica, uh, working primarily in project management and bid ma management before joining the NHS as a project manager 19 years ago. So I've been in the NHS for quite some time. I've worked in NHS through various different roles, similar sort of approach to Nikki, where I've sort of worked myself up, going through the ranks, doing various different roles until I started as director um, six years ago. So that's me. Thank you, everyone, for the, the wonderful introductions, some diverse backgrounds as well from where you've all you've sort of risen up the ranks through. Um, I just want to move on to our first question of the day, which is, do you think you need to be a technical, do you, sorry, do you think you need to be technical in order to be a technical leader? So if we can use the hands up function, I'll come to the first person. Oh, everyone's up. <laughs> Jackie, I'll start with you. Okay. I, I don't think you do, to be honest. I think that you, it's about having the right people that report into you. They are the technical experts. Um, and if you want to empower them to do their jobs, then you need to let them be the technical experts. You've got to be able to understand what it is that they are talking to you about, what they're communicating about, and be able to make decisions based on the information that they're telling you. So, so I don't think you do. You know, I think it helps where you've got a bit of a background around the technical area, um, but I don't think you have to be a rule. You don't have to have had been a coder in a, in a previous life to to be in uh, leadership in uh, digital, from my perspective. I'll go to Natasha next. Thanks, Brad. And, and my response echoes some of the themes of, of Jackie's. Um, short answer to your question, Brad, is no. I, I don't think you need to be a, a technical um, expert in order to be a, a technical or digital leader. But being a leader is about being able to draw out the best in others and understand where you have that skills and expertise within your teams. And so if you can draw on that, then actually, yes, you could be a, a leader of digital. And actually, increasingly, we're seeing our digital teams are evolving. And actually, they aren't just technical people anymore. They might be digital trainers. They might be project managers. You know, they aren't all just in that technical space. So you're going to have a diverse team, right? So you, along with that, do not need to be an expert in absolutely every element. It would be near on impossible. Um, and actually, if you link in some of that into um, thinking about digital more broadly, digital infiltrates now into almost everything we do. So even though we may have digital in our job titles, everyone has some involvement, some interaction, some engagement with digital. It, it is an all-encompassing entity. And I'm probably touching on a bit of another theme here as to whether really digital is all about the technical. So to go back to your question, Bradley, now in short, you don't need to be a, a, a technical person to be a leader in digital, but you do need to have those expertise within your teams, which you can draw upon. Excellent. And Alexis, what are your thoughts? 
So, again, just echoing what others have said, I would agree that no, you don't. And actually, I think it goes to show that both Natasha and I don't come from a, an IT background. We come from a people change transformation background. And Jackie and Nikki, whilst they come from an IT background, it is the softer side of IT that they've talked about. So not the hardcore technical expertise. And I think you've got to think about what makes a good leader. And a good leader uh, knows when to ask the right questions and make decisions based on empowering their staff and enabling them to do their job. And that's the key, isn't it? I think as a leader, you can't know everything about everything because you absolutely would be not be able to do your job. Um, but there is something to be said about understanding the language that people are talking enough. And if you don't, asking those questions so that you can make informed decisions and you can you can then um make those decisions you know that benefit benefit the organization or the service that you're delivering um because they're educated and well informed so uh absolutely not i think you know leadership is about people 100 percent, alexis nikki what are your thoughts so the, the only thing I'd add um, um, to my co to what my colleagues have shared um, would be that I've always found that um, having that um, less fear to ask the daft questions as a non-techie has always served me fairly well um, in in managing our our technical teams and building the trust to for them to know that there's somebody. Um, at the at the top table, who is fighting their corner? Who is ensuring that we are developing to meet operational demand and aligning to what we need operationally is is really quite key. And it it we get we develop better products and we we provide better solutions when the those individuals providing them know how they're going to benefit the patients on the shop floor um, and I think being able to be that translator is a key role of all of our our, our positions really within within our, our digital spheres so I think that's the only thing really I'd, I'd add to what my colleagues have said um, and even more so these days where we do have cheap chief digital officers the whole role of that role um on the, on the trust board is to make sure there's a translator um ensuring that the trust board see the importance of that digital journey um be that change um or or technical change excellent point nikki i think i just want to ask a little bit of a, an impromptu follow-up question on to that and do you think it was maybe that some time ago you probably did have to be technical to be a technical leader what are your thoughts? Nikki? Yeah. Um, so, yes, I do. And I think it's probably taken um, at least the last five years that I've been in more senior management roles um, to work hard to demonstrate that actually it isn't, it isn't a requirement. And the turning point for me in my personal career was probably managing the development team. And as I say, um, I found that we were developing better products as a result of us having those very clear conversations about what the benefit um, of, of the product was going to be. Um, so um, I do think it's been something that's changed significantly in the last sort of five, five to 10 years and the value of digital transformation 
um, is really seen now. You, value of 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 the change management elements of in the introduction of a of a technical solution is is really important. Um, not just to pull out cost savings, um, but to demonstrate where um, there are those case studies. It's much more about the user experience now um, and and pulling out the benefits and via a case study than it is about money these days. Um, and I think that's really quite key. Good stuff. And Natasha, what's your thoughts? Thanks, Brad. Um, so like Mickey, you know, perhaps in the past there's been a tendency to think that you have to be a technical leader to be, um, or technical to be a technical leader, I should say. Um, but I wonder if that's because of people's perception of what digital is. So actually, digital isn't just rebranded IT. And I wonder whether actually, did you say five, ten years ago, whatever the time frame was, there'd probably be more association with just thinking digital is IT when, when it's not. You know, it's about applying the culture, the processes, the technology from our internet era to respond to people's expectations trying to chime in with Tom Lusmore there that was a, a reference to his quote but um we don't we're not living in a IT age we're living in a, a, a digital age and I wonder my feeling anyway is that historically there's been a perception that and this probably encroaches on gender stereotypes as well and we'll come on to that later but that we when we talk about digital we're talking about IT and and that we're not it is it's moved forward a lot from there um and digital at the heart of it is about change management and people i think alexis you said it's all about people being a digital leader um so i think that's got something to do with the the change of focus because digital is growing isn't it it's a growing space alexis what do you think i was just going to agree with natasha but add to to her point to say you know um digital is evolving really quickly and i think perhaps historically it was the switches and the wires and all of those things that led to that perception that you need to have an understanding a technical understanding of of that um but i think what we what we're starting to see is real growth in the use of digital to assist transformation of uh, processes and services uh, and actually widening access to people so we're talking about providing uh, public and patients with access to digital services. So I think the cu the culture has changed as well as digital evolving over time. And actually now there are um, so, so many uh, innovative digital assets that we can really use to help us uh, transform. Um, so I think perhaps that's part of it where, it, you know, historically perhaps it was a, a computer within a department within a hospital that had a, a clinical uh, record on it's now much broader and wider than that and actually we can really harness all things digital to really transform the way that we behave and work excellent point jackie what are your thoughts yeah just just sort of to add to what everybody else has said really that i think the the role of leadership has also changed and i think there is now an acknowledgement that to be a good leader, it's probably a different set of skills that a leader can't, in comparison to, say, a, a technical manager. And so that's where having those good, strong leadership skills is 
probably more important. And if you look at some of the really good leaders, they've not necessarily been through the technical ranks at all, but they've got really good, strong leadership. So I think that's, that's something else that over time has changed. And there is the acknowledgement about that. Really good points, guys. Um, I'm going to move on to the next question, which is what or who has inspired you as part of your journey? Go for it, Alexis. Um, I'll go first because I, I know we're talking about women in leadership. But I think men have got a big part to play, particularly for me uh, in my my career. So, you know, I've been lucky enough to have really, two really, really supportive um, mentors, people that have really pushed me, pushed me forward and made me believe in myself. So I think, you know, whilst we're talking about women, I think from, from my experience, those uh, key men in in my uh, throughout my career have been pivotal to me becoming who I am so I think you know we've got to recognize that and I think you know having having that network of support as well you know from from your team uh, and your wider network is really really important a great point Alexis anyone else want to to follow up on that anyone Jackie yeah I agree with Alexis, and I think I'm in a similar situation, really, where I've had, um, I'm quite lucky that I've had some really good leaders, both male and female, that have supported me on my journey, but also believed in me sometimes when I haven't as well. And and I think that's that's the, the key for me as well, that they've encouraged me, and there's been times when I've thought, oh, I can't do that, but they've actually said, yes, you can. And so... It's been a real mix mixture of both male and female leaders, and I, I say I'm very lucky that I've had some very good leaders. Natasha, what what are your thoughts? You know, who is who or what has inspired you in terms of your journey so far? I'm in danger of probably repeating here with um, the other answers that have been given so far, but yeah, there's been a mix of influences that have both been from male and, and females to encourage to uh, what's the word I'm looking for. To support my journey and my career. I think I've been really lucky in terms of growing up and being part of a family where there is an encouragement for, you know, there's no barriers, you know, you could uh, aspire high, let's go for, um, and go for it, no matter that gender wasn't seen to be a thing. I think what I do note though over time is that we're increasingly, and I'm going to link it back to the theme of the podcast, we're increasingly seeing female leaders now in digital, which hopefully then will inspire others. You know, there hasn't been necessarily the association or, or sometimes there's been a lot of uh, males in that kind of role before. And therefore, when you're aspiring, you sometimes you have to see yourself in that kind of position to help inspire others. And obviously, we've then got a role to play in helping to inspire others in the future. Alexis, is that a legacy hand or have you got your hand um, again? No, I'd like to come back back in. And it's just it. when you when you re-asked the question, um, Rad, you said who or what. And I think, you know, for me personally, I've had some quite significant things happen in my life which have really driven me forward within my career. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, some of you other ladies have had things or, or pivotal moments in your life where you've thought, you know, I, I can do this. I, I'm pretty strong. I've, I've managed to, to go through this. And I think, you know, for, for me, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 26, uh, quite um, late stage cancer. And I had to have an intense uh, chemo radiation to, to manage that. And I think you know, I was at, at a point in my life where I perhaps could have gone either way. I was kind of just 
um, floating, I guess, you know, doing jobs because they paid bills and things. And yes, I've always been ambitious, but I, I wasn't really driven to really desperately want something and believe that I could do something. And for me, that point in my life, having uh, survived cancer, being a survivor of cancer, it, it just kind of made me realise, do you know what? You only have one life. Um, don't worry about all those little things that really don't matter. That there's, you can go for and do anything that you want to to do. It's only yourself holding you back. So, do you know what? Be kind to yourself and believe in yourself, and go for it. And I think that that for me was one thing that kind of has really driven me forward to say, you know, I don't say I cheated death, but you know that that really quite significant life experience. It kind of made you grasp grasp things um, and really go for what you want to do. That's a really moving story in particular, Alexis, and I think both males and females, you know, there will be people who go through that cancer journey, and I, I like the way you took that, flipped it into a positive, and it made you go for your career, it made you chase things down, and I respect that a lot, definitely. Nikki, what are, what are your thoughts? I know we're echoing that, you know, the same point around males, females, had a great point, Alexis, around you, how a moment with your health. Nikki, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm echoing what everybody else has said, really. Um, I can't really add that much more. I've I've only seen very few occasions where I've seen leadership not done quite so well. Um, and probably, um, probably something that hasn't really impacted me other than to drive me to want to continue my journey in the digital space and and do leadership as as well as I possibly can. I think the the elements of the leadership that lacks when it is done by somebody that's predominantly technical is sometimes the alignment to what we're all here for. Um, because, you know, it's very easy to get bogged down in the latest and greatest from a technology perspective but you know what we all have to remember is is what what we're here for and that's delivering um the best experience you know not just for the patients but for our staff as well um who um have to engage with with digital every single day of their lives and can't do their jobs without digital now um i think we're in a completely different space but yeah i've had some great male and female leaders um, and um, still, even now, um, I, I feel inspired by the colleagues around me at the executive team table who are open to listening about the technical challenges we have, just as much as they are listening to um, the, you know, the serious incidents that happen across the organisation, because they recognise that digital is an enabler to improvement um, of, of quality. Um, as much as anything else. Amazing points from, from everyone. Um, moving on to the next question. So what's it like being a female leader working in digital? And that's a really open question. Who'd like to say that first? Go on, Nikki. Yeah, so um, I think if I look back, it was at times challenging, um, probably at least six, seven years ago. Um, it was probably... Um, more challenging to be heard if you were a female in digital or felt like you perhaps had something to prove. But now I feel 
Um, and probably because I've been around such a long time as well, I've had enough time to almost earn that respect. Um, but I don't think that's been any different to a man would have had to have earned respect within within that digital space, within that managerial slash leadership space. Um, so at times it has been challenging. I'd say I'd say probably in the early, much earlier days of of my career, but I did have some very inspirational female leaders who had come through a medical physics um, background, so a much more technical background, um, and um, they'd paved the way, I think, um, to probably make it a lot easier for women um, digitally. Um, because they were highly qualified in their 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 specialism, if you like, and um, and medical physics at that time was pretty much a man's world, also. Um, so I think that's made quite a difference. That there's been that um, th there's almost that unity amongst ourselves. I think what makes it better in Nottingham, in particular, and I know Natasha obviously is um, Northamptonshire, but in Nottingham, for Alexis, Jackie, and myself, we've got each other, um, and other female senior female leaders, and we do pick the phone up and support one another. I love that support network. Alexis, what are your thoughts? I was just going to add to, to Nikki's point, really, just to say, you know, I remember probably about five years or so ago. Uh, it would be Jackie and I sat in a, a boardroom full of um, males when we were, you know, attending the, the digital boards. And it's really nice now uh, in Nottinghamshire that actually all of the senior uh, digital leaders are female near near enough, aren't they? So, so you know, we've really seen that shift in it being like an old boys club, um, all, all the kind of men sat around the table to actually it's completely shifted almost the other way hasn't it to some extent which is which is great to see and you know I think as female leaders in digital what we what we do really well is is that collaboration across so like Nikki says we we have a we support each other we have those conversations we pick up the phone and we can have a moan about things or ask uh, people's opinions and, and it's a great support network that um I think, you know, really shows the value in female leadership. Natasha, what are your thoughts? Thanks, Brad. So, um, as I said earlier on, I've only been in the digital space for the past few years. And therefore, my perspective is probably a little bit narrower. But in that time, I found it quite an accepting environment, actually. Accepting of um, being a female leader. And that probably is is in line with the shift that Nikki and Alexis both talked about. And I've probably benefited from it. Having said that, though, there are still comments, and I got a comment the other week, actually, which was, oh, you don't often see a female director in digital. Isn't that nice? Um, it, so there's a refreshing side that I feel that we we are still giving, albeit that, as Alexis said, the balance is maybe shifting somewhat. Um, I do feel that there is more of an acceptance that, or an understanding, that's probably a better word, an understanding that digital is an evolving space because we... Are the technology is moving, the digital um, requirements and needs of our organisation and our patients change. And with that inherent, I suppose, dynamism that, that comes with it, therefore, I think there's an inherent understanding or an acceptance or willingness to um, be open to 
an evolving leader or, or, or a changing face in leader. And I think that's helped personally. It's helped me anyway in terms of people's understanding of what a digital leader could be. And I think that links nicely with the fact that digital has evolved and will continue to evolve. It, it's along with that. Um, so it's, it's a refresh. It's nice to add a refreshing perspective is how I'd sum it up. Thanks, Natasha. Um, any other points on that? No problems. Um, we'll move on to the next question, which is, why do you think there aren't more women in women in digital? Go for it, Jackie. I think there's there's probably a, a few reasons really, because we are actually starting to see more females come through sort of the STEM routes, which is the the science, technology, engineering, and maths routes. So why are they not going into digital? I think probably there is still a little bit of a, a, a stigma with IT that it's long hours and it's it's not good for sort of family life. I would hope that the the pandemic is is going to help that because what what what's happened is there's been a shift to sort of remote working, which is which is better for the work life balance. So I, I would like to hope that that would attract sort of more females into the, the digital space. Because I, I do think it's it's that fear that I can't have a, a family life, a home life, if I work in digital. Um, so I think that those are probably the things that um, have been holding females back. And I think it, it, there's still that that thought that it's it's a male environment. It's it's very sort of IT techy. It's a male environment. And so I think we've still got a little bit of a way to go to, to win people over. Natasha? Yeah, just to chime in with what Jackie was saying, particularly towards the end, and it links with um, an answer I said earlier, which is the perception or stereotype around digital. Is digital just rebranded IT? And there has been in the past, it has been a very male-dominated sector across um, a lot of different industries, not just in health. And as such, sometimes that stereotype probably puts people off um or um there's there's a as i said a perception of oh it's it's not for me because sometimes as i said earlier people need to see you know it's about role modeling see themselves in others and actually if people think oh it's just it oh that's a male unfortunately a male um role it, it it unfortunately gives the wrong impression so as jackie said there is something about that education piece and building awareness um, as well as role modelling, as I said before. Um, I actually Googled, Google imaged a digital leader. I was just interested to see what would come up and how diverse it would be. And actually the images were fairly diverse. If I did IT manager or IT leader, actually I got a lot of pictures of, of men. So, so, you know, society doesn't help in ingraining some of those stereotypes if we move towards digital i think and people understand truly what digital is it's helping to push down those those barriers really good point natasha i'm gonna look at those images as well i'm gonna check them out <laughs> anything else that anyone else would like to add to that point no problem um moving on to the next question um have you personally experienced any barriers stigmas or challenges related to being a female on your career journey so far and what do you think we can do to address them? Go on, Nikki. Okay, so um, a very from a very personal perspective, 
um i once experienced and you know i've been here 26 years so once is not too bad i don't want this to come across as this being awful um but i once experienced feedback following a meeting um where i had delivered quite passionately my objection to the way somebody wanted to proceed with something and afterwards was given feedback from a more senior colleague um, from outside of digital actually or IT as it was then that um, I should try and deliver um, my objections less emotionally. Now I personally believe that if I was getting emotional I'd have been crying what I was doing was delivering something passionately because it's something I very, very much um, felt passionate about. Um, and I, I do actually believe that if a man had, had delivered what I said in the way I said it, he probably would have been given a big pat on the back and said it was great that he'd opened up and shared what he shared, etc. But I do think sometimes women are... Um, are wrongly stigmatized by emotion um, and it can sometimes feel a little um, challenging to navigate that um, because you don't want to come across as emotional for the wrong reasons. I don't mind being emotional for the right reasons um, but on that occasion I wasn't actually emotional about it but I was passionate. Um, so I think sometimes you can be stigmatized as a woman in in that way um i think the and as i say that was a one-off experience i think the only other thing i would link back to what jackie was saying um with regards to why aren't there more women in digital is we're, we're expected to spin an awful lot of plates and doing that at certain times during your um your maturity can be challenging so um, doing that as a single parent, which I did 20 years ago um, when my son was three, um, it was really challenging. Um, I wasn't as senior in the organisation as I am now, but being a leader and managing a home and being a single mum was really difficult. And at times um, I could have I could have quite easily have asked to step back. And then more recently, um, dealing with pre-mental, menopausal type symptoms, um, having a foggy brain um, and what I thought originally was a busy brain because we do spin a lot of plates. Um, but as that progresses to losing your thread halfway through um, speaking, um, taking the analogy of walking into the kitchen and forgetting what you've gone in there for, I constantly do that at meetings these days. Um, but I actually think that the education we're doing across the NHS in particular um, and across social media around um, perimenopause, um, around um, women in leadership and the challenges that you have managing family life, home life, um, and not just with, you know, being single parent or, or being a care, but being a carer also, having elderly parents, etc., can be challenging for th those people in that situation. Um, so I do think it's getting better, um, but yeah, that'd be that'd be my sort of personal story on that one, Brad. Excellent, Nikki. Can I just follow up on, I suppose, the stigma that you experienced around, I suppose, being emotional 
how did that make you feel in that situation? And that's quite an intense question, but how did that? Yeah, so for somebody that wasn't putting anything across emotional, and I did actually reflect that back to the senior leader that had shared with me their feedback, um, that I said, you know, that I hadn't in any way felt emotional, but actually now that you're pointing this out makes me feel even more emotional. And I, f I, I have to say, I felt very hurt by that feedback. I didn't feel it was constructive criticism at all. I felt that it was quite hurtful feedback. And I did at the time, um, and even more so having reflected and shared that with other people um, throughout my career, I did feel that it was extremely unfair. Um, and at no point did I think, actually, was I emotional? Because I knew I wasn't being. So, you know, I think it was a really hard one for me to swallow. Um, I didn't actually do anything about it. Whereas now, you know, the advice to one's younger self would be do something about it. You know, don't, um, you know, I think I'd, I think I look back and wish I'd stood up to that individual and, and said, you know, uh, uh, you know, give me some more feedback then. Whereas I allowed them to deal the blow and exit, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think my, my message to my younger self or to any other woman would be, you know, constructively ask for further, um, examples, explanation of, of what somebody's trying to say there. Excellent. That's a great reflection as well, Nikki, because you've been part of that. You've, you've given some really useful advice for someone who may, you know, well, be listening to this podcast that may have faced that at some point in their career. So that's excellent. Um, Alexis, come to you next. But I guess um, I'm not like Nikki in that I've kind of had something quite as, as direct as that happen. Um, but I, I do think there is a stigma attached to how women behave generally. And I think it stems back, you know, from years and years ago where um, little girls should be seen and not heard and all of that, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's just ingrained within us. You know, they should be housekeepers and they should uh, be pretty and serve men and things like that. And, you know, while society has changed considerably since since then, I think there still is that element that is still ingrained with us. So I feel like as female leaders, uh, particularly in digital, where it's very male dominated, that we have to work that little bit harder to get the same respect and credibility as our male counterparts. So whilst that's not not been as direct as, as Nikki's example, I, I feel like we have to do that little bit more or prove ourselves or work that little bit harder to get the same amount of respect. It doesn't come automatically. Um, and again, I think there, there is a, there is a shift that we're seeing in that culture and, and that's, that's brilliant. But um, yeah, I think that there is that, that element of there, there still is a bit of stigma and maybe that's something that we project on ourselves, you know, that we should behave in a certain way. Um, but what I, sh I would say is be authentic, be yourself, because actually that's the best type of leader. Somebody that's really authentic, knows themselves and isn't afraid to uh, show their weaknesses, their emotions, uh, their passions. Um, you know, don't don't stereotypicalize yourself and behave in a way that you think that people expect you or you should be behaving. Just be yourself. And I think being authentic uh, Make, makes you all the, that more personable and likeable and, and people want to, um, you know, they look up to you, they want it to be like you. And I think that's that's really key for future pipeline talent really is, you know, be your authentic self and people will 
want to come into digital or want to take on that role of uh, a female digital leader. Does anyone else have any other barriers, stigmas, challenges, whatever it may be that you know, you'd like to discuss openly that you may have experienced through your career? No. I think one point, Nikki, that, that you just mentioned that I'd quite like to go back to that I think is important that we discuss you know, openly and think raise awareness of is, you, know, you mentioned being in, I suppose, a menopausal state, you know, the challenges that comes with that. You know, what can we do to raise awareness of it? You know, we're discussing it today. I think that's a great first step. But more broadly, what can we do? Yeah, so um, we're, we are doing lots around this at NUH, um, as, as other trusts, I'm sure, will be doing. Um, so we're doing managers' sessions to help managers recognise this. We're doing staff sessions. Um, I'm really proud to say that I ran a staff session about three weeks ago where we invited a a, a, a a sort of subject matter expert uh, to come along. We invited all 276 of our staff uh, to attend. It was attended by around 100 and seven of those attendees were men who wanted to learn more. Um, and I think that is a real sign of the times. It's still not um, as many men as I'd have liked to have got round the table. But they didn't just sit in the corner either, Brad. They actually engaged in the discussion. They shared some of the challenges that they felt they were facing at home with their with their wives, girlfriends, partners. Um, and it was a real productive hour. It could have gone on longer, to be honest with you, um, because people really are opening up. So I intend to repeat that um, as often as I can for, for our teams. Um, and um, I think it's about raising that awareness, isn't it? So people don't feel uncomfortable when they lose their thread, and um, or when or when they um, or when they want a special um, sort of special treatment, if you like, to support them in in delivering something. So um, colleagues are starting to come forward and say, you know, I know you want me to present at something, but do you mind if I have my notes with me? You know, c c do you mind if uh, we take a break halfway through, etc., just to help them um, collect their thoughts. But I've seen a lot of colleagues struggling with it, and um, and I, I make a real point of reaching out to them because I think it's really important. And signposting um, to the GP, etc., because I think it is really important that we get help if that if that's what we need. Excellent points across the board there, guys. Um, in terms of the next question, um, I'd like to talk about something called imposter syndrome. And so just to put that out there, has anyone experienced imposter syndrome? Would they be willing to talk about their, suppose their journey with that, their challenges with that? Jackie, your, your hand was straight up. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And and apparently 75% um, of women in senior roles actually suffer from this. So it is something that is quite common, and when you talk to other individuals, they do they do suffer from it. Quite a lot of people will say when they've got internal meetings that they're okay, but when it's just a little bit out of your comfort zone, it's about feeling like, well, hang on, what am I doing here? You know, why should I be heard? But I think the key there is it's about about knowing that your voice is is just as important, and yeah, don't just talk for the sake of it, but you know, if you've got some good points, then raise them. I know Nikki raised earlier, she said that she's always quite happy to ask the, the daft questions. They're not daft questions, actually. They're, they always are very good questions. But it's it's about having that confidence and, and asking it. Because, to be honest, I think that uh, lots of other people would be thinking that as well, really. So I do think it's something that's very common. 
I think it's something that we should talk a lot more about so that people do realise it's normal. It really is normal. Um, you know, a lot of people get really, really nervous about doing presentations, doing talks. I remember many years ago, somebody standing up and doing a presentation to about 20 people and thinking, oh my God, I would never do that in a million years. And you just have to tell yourself, you can do these things and you've got a voice. Go for it. Really good words there, Jackie. Um, you, you mentioned about 75% of female leaders have experienced imposter syndrome. We actually did a, an article series with a number of female leaders. So I'm looking at you, Alexis, because you actually took part with my director, Bernie. Um, and of all of those people that took part, we asked the question, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? And this was all female leaders, as many as we could get, 75 in total from the NHS. And 90% of them said they'd experienced imposter syndrome somewhere across their career. So that's, you know even more relevant towards the NHS as well, which I think is useful to share. Yeah, um, absolutely. Definitely. Natasha, do you want to go next? Yeah, thanks, Brad. Um, I felt quite inspired by Jackie's um, answer there, particularly at the end. I thought, oh, I can go up and do that speech, Jackie, that you referred to. Um, but in terms of your question, Brad, around imposter syndrome, short answer is yes. And actually, my example was going to be the digital health leadership program run by the digital academy i'm not sure if anyone else on the panel's um taken part or is interested in it um it's a postgraduate diploma with imperial college and it was it, it's a really good um experience and actually you do it with a lot of other digital leaders across the nhs um, and so it's really great from a networking point of view some of the topics are quite in depth and as I started I was thinking wow I actually went do I need to be a bit more technical or digital <laughs> in order to be on this I quickly learned no you don't but in terms of that imposter syndrome I was thinking whoa wow I'm amongst all these great individuals here how do I fit in um, and how am I without that technical background going to make the most of it and actually no it wasn't just technical just to say and actually it was a really great experience and I'd really encourage others to do it but to your question of have I experienced it? Yes, and, that, and that's my example of it. I suppose just get, chiming with something that Jackie said, I would say that we're not all invincible, and sometimes there's a perception that just because you're in a, a, a leadership position or a senior position, you are somehow a subhuman, and you don't get nervous, and you can do everything. And actually, then there can be a bit of a reluctance to admit, hold on a minute. I'm a bit nervous about that, or that's a bit hard, or I'm worried about this. And actually, we need to help um, get rid of some of those barriers, form some of those networks where you can actually say, you know what, I need some help here. But unfortunately, I think there has been a perception built up that because you're in that senior position, you can't, you, you think that you have to be invincible. Definitely. Alexis, what are your thoughts? I, th I think that was, that's great, Natasha, and actually, it, it links back really nicely to the the last point that I think you know often uh, we behave or uh, start to act in a way that we think that we ought to behave rather than being our authentic self and I think you know that that's something that we absolutely have to challenge because we're, we're all human we all have fears we all have things that keep us awake at night and um you know, we all get hurt by by comments or, or points that are, are made. So um, I think, you know, we've just got to bear that in mind. I think where we are creating networks across female leaders um, to make sure that we kind of are, are supporting and, and building up, but also think about 
uh, our expectations on how others uh, should behave and act and uh, you know our own stuff and our own workforce let's empower them to be individual let's empower them to be authentic and, and grow that way rather than try to stereotypicalize or mold them into a certain type of behavior Nikki, so you wanted to follow up on that yeah i, I was literally going to cover off that very last point that alexis um touched on there about how we empower others um, so I think quite often we all sit round tables and you can see those people who are um, struggling a little or wondering why they're here, not sure whether to make their point. Um, I feel like that every day, um, you know, and you do have to assess the quality of what you go, what you what you're going to open your mouth and and share um, versus um, you know the quantity. Um, but spotting other people and empowering them to to not feel like imposters and also um i feel that it's part of our role as a, a, a as leaders um and as women to offer our time to mentoring others and um strengthening others i know i've taken great strength from some of the mentoring that jack has done with me um around applications for roles or how to apply myself in the acting uh, the interim role that i'm in etc um and just having somebody who can guide you reassure you um and when you question um some of your your abilities that person being able to say of course you can do it and giving you that reassurance um, is really, really important. So I do think that it, it should be recognised as one of the plates, important plates you spin is to offer others your personal time, experience and, and mentoring. Um, and I, th I think around this table, we all probably do that um, on an individual basis with individuals. Um, and I'm doing that in particular at the moment with um, somebody um, on a reciprocal mentoring program where we've been partnered up with somebody from a different background, ethnicity, etc. And the rewards that I'm getting from that um are, are immense and the coaching um you know this individual i'm working with um often refers to um a, a, a working with me working at nuh as being a privilege and if everybody saw saw life like that it would be a lovely place wouldn't it um but um i think it is a privilege to mentor others as much as it is to be mentored so i think that's a really important aspect of our role and we need to make time for that. It needs to be part of the job, not something we do because we care. But part of our role is to, should be to give back. Some excellent points there. And I think we delve quite nicely into empowerment and how we can encourage women at, at all levels as well. Um, I'll move on to another question which says, what advice do you have for fellow women applying for roles within the digital world? Jackie? So females tend to have a habit of looking at a job description and thinking, oh, don't quite meet all of that, so I'm not going to apply. So my advice would be, have a look at that job description. If that's something that interests you, go for it, apply for it. You know, engage with people that are advertising that role. An interview is a two-way process. It's also about understanding whether it's suitable for you. So too many people don't apply because they think they won't get shortlisted. But, you know, if you don't get shortlisted, then just learn from it, really. I would absolutely say go for it. Nikki, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I completely support what Jackie's saying um, and linking back to what I said previously. I would encourage anyone, any woman or man um, in in digital, in the NHS or in the private sector to seek a mentor, seek somebody who can be your critical friend, um, uh, you know, and in a positive and, and a constructive way. Um, because we 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 all need somebody who can help steer us in the right direction. And I think if you are lucky enough to know where you want to go in your career, I can't say I ever did. Um, I've found my way by by chance and luck, um, and because I've had some excellent um, mentors. Um, but if you if you aren't lucky enough to have a plan, a mapped out career path then get a mentor because that mentor, if they're a good mentor, will help you ask yourself those questions, steer you at the right time to the right place, give you connections that you probably won't find on your own, um, on your way through through navigating the role, the system, etc. Um, my my mentor certainly meant the absolute world to 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 me and moving my career forward and they've pushed me when I wouldn't have pushed myself. And I think that's an important aspect too. Natasha? Thanks, Brad. Just a short one from me um, and mirroring comments about going for it that Nikki and Jackie both said. Um, But I would just emphasise that digital isn't isn't niche. There are many transferable skills that one may have in another sector, industry, whatever it may be, that you can apply in the digital space. We all actually have a digital role. We all use technology in some way. It is not just this small sector which is privy to a few. It's actually for us all. So that would be my main motto. Go for it. We are all digital. It's not niche. And there's a lot to learn. I think that's an excellent closing statement on that particular question, Natasha. Um, Moving on to the next question. What advice would you give to your younger self if you go back in time? Alexis? I would say be kind to yourself. And I think this links into the imposter syndrome as well. And I think we've all got that little niggling voice in our head that speaks. we allow to speak to ourselves in a way that we would never speak to others. So I think just just be aware of that little voice and make sure that you're being kind to you, yourself more than anything and don't allow it to speak to you in a way that you wouldn't speak to other people. Jackie? For me, it's, it's believe in yourself, believe that you can do it, and you do have a voice. I actually once turned down a job offer and because I thought I couldn't do it. And and I think, you know, looking back, yes, I could have done. So I think, to me, it, it would have been believing yourself because you can do it. You really can do it. Nikki, Natasha, anything from you guys in terms of those advice to your younger selves? Mine will be short and sweet, which is keep an open mind. I think if someone had told me 10 years ago, well, you'll have a digital role, I'd have laughed. I said, no way. And actually going back to the advice that I'd have given for someone who's applying is exactly the advice that I would have given myself. Um, Just keep that open mind because actually digital is a different space to what one may expect it to be. And Nikki, what would you say to your youngest? No, I'd, I'd I'd echo all of those points, and I think um, I think Alexis touched on being authentic um, earlier in in one of the questions. You know, if if everybody were 
um, the best version of themselves and and authentic. Um, I, I think that makes makes a, a huge a huge difference. You know, it, it, often you can feel imposter syndrome if you've built yourself up to be something that you're you're actually not. Also, so um, being authentic, I think, is uh, admitting when you don't know things. You know, and um, but then going and finding out and being being that authentic person but who is interested because one of one of the key things when you are managing technical teams in particular if they see you're interested in learning they will educate you um and uh, and they will share with you and I, I think that's really important as well definitely i think one thing that's come out really from this whole podcast process not even just today but you know as part of the recording um is support networks companionship you know nikki alexis jackie you guys clearly had that you know between the three of you we brought natasha onto this call today and introduced natasha you know and that sort of extends that companionship that support network outwards a little bit with this very process but how important is that as part of your journey as part of your career and you as uh, digital leaders jackie i think it's absolutely essential and to be honest the the support network that we have got in nottinghamshire which we're now going to include natasha in is amazing and you know just on those days where things are tough just being able to pick up the phone and just have a chat with you know alexis nikki and um, sean who's a, another um, female director is just absolutely brilliant they you know i think that there's there's no competition between us there's openness honesty and real true support and to me i think it's absolutely essential and there are days where i think oh my god i just really you know needed that that talk with you guys so i think it's just absolutely essential any additional points on that guys yeah i don't think you can have enough support networks either you know i i think um one of the things i've learned in the last year in the interim role that i have is i've i've built up support networks across the organization and across um it, out in with the um my equivalent in derby also um but also reaching out to our chief pharmacist who is also a woman a woman in leadership um uh, and sharing experiences um has been really useful so i don't think you can have enough support networks and don't be afraid of 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 having that time to have a coffee with a colleague some most most of the time it's a virtual coffee these days um over teams but you know that time spent is so valuable um it's it's still work time um and that's something that i think you know i've had to really teach myself um that that you you are still allowed to have that that quality time networking um so yeah it's invaluable definitely um, before we end the podcast, guys, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for, for joining us today and being the guests on the panel, for sharing your thoughts and for getting involved in today's conversation. Um, if you know anyone you know who's listening to the podcast, that is, you'd like to feature in the podcast, then you can drop me a message. You can find me on LinkedIn or you can email me at bradley.clark at evolution-contract.co.uk um, or you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash NHS. Thank you again for all our guests for joining us. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.